As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome back to the Athletic Baseball Show for Monday, July 3rd. This is On Deck. I'm Stephen Nesbitt. I'm joined by Levi Weaver, our news letterer uh, extraordinaire. Levi, America's birthday. What do you get a country that has so much? Oh, I think all of my answers would get me fired. Today's <laughs> show, we are going to talk about the Braves. They've won eight in a, in a row. They are nine and one in their last ten. We are going to talk about our top series of the week. We are going to make our Homer Chase, Homer Chase picks, and also Stephen's going to tell us about a meeting that he had with our marketing department, where you only get to listen to four minutes of the show a day before your rate limit is exceeded and you have to come back tomorrow. I've heard that that's genius. That's what geniuses do. So, sounds dumb uh, to me. I think I think this is where I can't say anything on account of my wife got laid off by Twitter and oh no and yeah. So we I have a history, so I need to I need to stay out of that. Um, only one of us on this could actually be made president of this country and it's not me. So for me, it's more that I'm, that I'm getting excited for. That's coming up right around the corner. Wait, wait, wait. We are learning things about Stephen. Why couldn't you be elected? Have you been, have you been convicted of a felony? I was born overseas and I wasn't born on, you know, military base or something like that. But wait, were your parents not U.S. citizens? They are and were, yeah. So I thought that was like you get grandfathered in if you're, if your parents are U.S. citizens. Have I just always misunderstood this rule? It would have to be in some, some uh, not be an expat, but it had to be some military situation. But I'd love for the commenters to tell me I'm wrong because I have, I'm, you have to be 35, right? I'm coming up on 35, the next election cycle. I could probably get, I could probably make a run at that. So not to just give everybody your bank passwords here, but where, where were you born? This place called Suclin in France. Wow. <laughs> That's it for president. That's yeah. great. Anyway, but if you're watching on YouTube, you'll see I'm in like a remote hunting lodge in uh, France, in uh, the backwoods of, of New Hampshire now. So I've come across the pond uh, and come a long way. But Levi, we're not here to talk about that. We are here to talk about the Atlanta Braves, among many other things. Uh, but the Braves, I felt like we needed to lead, lead off with this because we built up this Fish Braves series over the weekend. And what ends up happening is the Braves destroy the fish in game one. Uh, they end up setting the month home run record for the National League. I believe it was 61, which makes me ask, like, what was the American League one? But they never they never explained that when they when they announced these records. Charlie Morton and a tag team of, of relievers shut out the Marlins in game two. And, and on Sunday, I believe it was 6-3, Spencer Strider versus Sandy Alcantara. They beat him in every way. 
And no, don't <laughs> don't don't give me that that evil uh, stroke of the chin. I don't want to talk about that before I have to. Okay. Uh, someone had him in the, in the in the arms race. So that's where we are. the uh, The Atlanta Braves are an absolute juggernaut, and they just dispatched the one team that was kind of coming up on them in the standings. And now we look at them, and the Braves have won eight in a row. Levi. Yeah, I mean, they made a powerful enemy this week by defeating our selected team that we wanted to be the the team of destiny in the National League this year. And uh, yeah, smoked them. Not only did they sweep them, the run differential, there was 29 runs for the Braves over the three games. Marlins only scored seven. The question for me is we start to, you know, we're getting into that all-star season. The all-stars were just announced. The Braves had eight, which seems like a lot. And uh, then you consider that, well, all of those guys were very deserving that made it. And of course, after the All-Star break comes trade season, it, it, it comes in earnest. Do the Braves need anything? The obvious answer is, is pitching. Everybody always needs pitching. You can never have enough pitching, right? So especially with a couple of their starters down, yeah. The Braves, just like literally every other contender, are going to be in the starting pitching market. But I, I took a look at their offense, and just, like they've got two, I don't even want to say weak links, because both of these guys have an OPS in the sevens. Both of these guys are, are passable. And oh, by the way, one of them is starting the all-star game at shortstop. But like sh- shortstop and center field, right? Arcia and, is it, sorry, Michael Taylor. Uh, Michael Harris uh, second. Michael Harris. I, why do I always get those two confused? Um, who's available, though? At short, the shortstop and center field are not really positions where a lot of dudes are just out there waiting to be traded. They're in this position because they let Dansby Swanson walk because they felt good about what they had in the you know shortstops of the future. In uh, Von Grissom is likely going to be that guy. And, and of course, for the today, you have Orlando Arcia being an all-star of all people. I mean, I saw this guy play in the NL Central for a long time. He was not a hitter. And I'm looking at the lineup they rolled out Sunday. And Sean Murphy wasn't even in for this game, but still they had a lineup that there was only one guy in the low sevens. Everyone else was, I think, 780 or higher, which I don't know what average is this year. But like if you're over 730 or so, like you're doing great. You're a plus plus type of hitter. And every single hitter was there. And the only guy under was Mike Harris. And Michael Harris had been their second best hitter this month. Right. So like that's where I that, where I almost question if they do need a center fielder. Because once once he kind of got back, got healthy, got got ticking, he gives you a power-speed combo that power hasn't been there. But we saw it last year where he's a 25-25 type guy. I feel good about where they're at actually like up and down that starting lineup. The shortstop question is one where I don't expect Orlando Arcia to maintain these numbers. I don't think he can. He's never been this type of hitter um, for a prolonged stretch in his career. But do you need him to be this hitter? I don't think you actually do if you look at that lineup. If you have... Eddie Rosario, Marcelo Zuna contributing. You don't need your shortstop to be hitting, you know, 300. And so the fact that they've gotten that shows that some, they're doing something remarkable this season. And for me, if they're going to get a bat, I think it's more of a fourth outfielder type. Don't pay a lot for it. It's maybe the Jock Peterson ad, right? Maybe go find yourself a Jorge Soler type. Um, not him later this year because his, his team probably wants him. But a bench bat that has more power than the Culberson, Hilliard, uh, Pilar type they have at this point. As I was looking through names, and by no means is this a comprehensive list because I only usually take about an hour plus to prepare for this podcast and not 35 hours. But, you know, are the are the White Sox going to let Luis Robert go? I mean, oh, man, I, I don't think they're going to. And that would have to be a big overpay. But, yeah, if you're already dominant and you want to just go out and really make a statement. Maybe that's somebody they could target. I think more likely you're looking at somebody like perhaps Lane Thomas with the Nationals could be, you know, a marginal improvement in the outfield. But that's the nice thing about being the Braves this year is that they don't have to do 
anything on the offense. They can focus on pitching, bring in another pitcher or two, and call it a day. Yeah, to me, they're they're gonna add a bat. Like every every contender does add something. I think maybe a, a rental does suit them pretty well. You just look back at what Alex Anthopoulos was doing two years ago at this time. I mean, they were a almost 500 team trying desperately to be part of the conversation, and he was able to get what like five six just like complimentary pieces that helped them surge of course at the top of that division into the ultimately to the world series as i look at the pitching staff i don't know that they need a a true like even top four starter given what they they have they have max freed one healthy spencer strider charlie morton bryce elder kyle wright i mean that's a great five you never need five in the in the, in the postseason anyway but how confident are you that they're going to be healthy? That's a big question right now with Kyle Wright and Max Freed out. And so you don't want to get past that deadline and realize, oops, we needed to have added somebody. And so, yeah, someone who can be Soroka look decent on Friday, said producer Brian. Good point there. So maybe they have that piece internally, or maybe you go get a guy who's capable of starting, but also could be a bulk guy in the ro- in, in the in the bullpen or be turned into a, a really high-impact reliever come come playoffs. Um, the, the, the obvious place to look is the for adding is the bullpen. They've they've got you know good bullpen arms at this point. They're pretty steady, but why not go get that another lockdown arm if if you're having some more struggles with those guys the the with a night shift that uh, that isn't quite the, the same pieces there this year. Yeah, and the bullpen market is going to be very interesting, but I'm going to leave that as a tease for a later segment. So let's uh, let's move on to our other to our series of the week. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24/7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. So our main series of the week is going to be the Tampa Bay Rays and the Philadelphia Phillies. Steven, what do you got on these two guys? And by guys, I mean teams. <laughs> the three series that we're going to feature here, I'll be honest, I plucked them out of, of the list and threw them at you and said, please, we should go with these because they're the only ones that feature teams where both of them are <laughs> have winning records. And that's due in part to the fact that one of our beloved divisions has nobody over 500 or as of you know a day ago didn't. And so these these three are the only what I'm going to call very relevant series that are happening right now. So I'm sorry to every other fan base out there, but this is why we got where we did. So the Rays have sort of come back into uh, round back into form here after hitting enough of a skid where uh, myself and a couple others on the power rankings put the Braves up top at number one. I'm sure the Braves are going to stay there this this week, but uh, I think we're seeing the Braves figure things out in almost like a, a Rays 2.0 uh, phase of this season. The big questions that they're starting to answer in the rotation, they're going to start Zach Eflin, Yanni Torinos, and uh, TBD in the series against Aaron Nola, Tywin Walker, and Christopher Sanchez. But what they've gotten from Zach Eflin and Tyler Glass now, even though Shane McClanahan is going to be out until after the All-Star break, that's an extremely dangerous rotation, even if it's only four deep at this point. The bullpen is pretty much back to full strength, which is a 
a fearsome bullpen always. And then it just feels like we're seeing maybe these guys got punched in the lineup and they're, they're figuring out a way to punch back now with Yandy Diaz, Wander Franco, Luke Rayleigh, Josh Lowe. Uh, the, 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 the names you were seeing in April and May, I think, are starting to resurface here at the start of July. So I do think the Rays are, are, are not, they're not fading in the way that maybe it looked like they were going to a week ago. That was one of the things when I was just sort of a, a casual baseball fan. I take that back. I wasn't casual. I was, I was casual compared to baseball writers. Compared to my friends, I was like this rabid, you know, please stop talking to us about baseball. But but one of the things I never really understood was the concept of like the adjustment and the counter adjustment and then the counter adjustment to the counter adjustment. And this is something that covering a team you hear all the time a guy's hot and you talk to the manager he's like no this is great we love it he's on fire at some point the other guys are going to adjust and then we'll see and then they do and then either the guy is able to make a counter adjustment to continue to succeed or that adjustment was hey there's a hole in your swing that we figured out and you're toast you do see that a little bit with teams as well and i think we're seeing that with the rays now where like they came out of the gate super hot here's a here's a parallel the rays and the pirates both came out of the gate super super hot and they looked amazing in April and part of May. Teams adjusted. The Rays went through a little bit of a, a swoon. Now they seem to be, you know, I mean, they're six and four in their last 10. They're still in first place. They still have the best record in the American League. The Pirates tanked. I mean, they never made that second adjustment to come back and, and be able to succeed once the, the league adjusted. I think this is an important time of the year for the Rays. And if they want to be taken. I don't know. They're going to be taken seriously. There's too much talent to not take them seriously. But I think this is a very good sign for them to be able to kind of soldier through the muck a little bit and now come out on the other side. The Phillies at time recording just a game and a half out of the wild card. So this sort of are where they are, right? They've gotten themselves back into the conversation, the playoff picture. I can easily see them getting into the playoffs, but you're not going to you're not going to catch the Braves unless something really, really drastic happens. And their team that's already so far in that I don't know that you can do a whole lot of the deadline to like totally overhaul this team nor do you need to but i just think the, the current iteration is not going to catch up to the braves that would take a pretty ridiculous record to do what they're doing the question is who is going to fade so the, the five teams ahead of them in the wild card standings the marlins who we know are going to win their next 60 games in a row the dodgers the giants the reds and the Brewers. I think the Reds and Brewers are gettable, and the Reds solely because of their pitching. But once they get everybody healthy, if their offense continues to play the way they did, that's going to be a tough uh, a tough one to jump. The Brewers, I don't super believe in, and that might be my fault for not watching enough Brewers games this year, but they just they don't really have a whole lot that scares me. But yeah, I mean, Philadelphia's right there with them. Yeah, the rotation's been a lot better of late, <laughs> although... A couple rough starts here over the weekend. Uh, wow, is that the two guys I was considering in the arms race? Uh, foreshadowing, baby. Craig Kimbrell has locked things down in the back of the bullpen. And something I noted when looking at the Fangraphs roster resource, uh, that's I'm sure 100 people have said already, the entire Phillies lineup, the, the nine regular starters, they were all top three round picks. How about that? No, inter- no, no, no international signings and nobody below. The uh, There were six first. A second is Brandon Marsh. Two thirds, Real Muto and Cody Clemens. So, uh, and then you throw in the fact that three, the three regular starters that were drafted, were not international signings in the rotation, Nola, Walker, Wheeler, also first round picks. How about that? What a, what a, this is a Dave Dombrowski team to its core, to its core. I think we're seeing Trey Turner get back to his Trey Turner ways. Nick Castellanos is, is certainly all-star worthy this season. And Alec Bohm kind of having like a sneaky good season. So they're in good shape, but they need to get themselves in a position to solidify a wild card spot, which probably means overtaking the Marlins at some point here. 
My series of the week, I need to preface by saying that Stephen assigned this one to me. This is not just me uh, going out and picking the Rangers every week, although the Rangers are a very interesting story this year. I just feel like I have to guard against a little bit of the uh, accusations of being a homer. Texas just, uh, we are recording on Sunday afternoon. They just lost to the Astros. They are trailing that series two to one. That's a big series for them, and it's not going super well. But as of, uh, this would be through Saturday night's statistics. Going through the last two weeks, the Rangers have three hitters with an OPS over 1,000 for the last for the last two weeks. Travis Jankowski, who I guess we all probably picked to finish top five in MVP voting there at 11.09. Ezekiel Duran, 11.06. And Jonah Heim at 10.21. You got one, two, three, four, five over 900. Two more over 800. The only guys really struggling in that lineup are Mitch Garver and Robbie Grossman, neither of whom I think were you really expecting a whole ton of. Production from, meanwhile, over in Boston, Tristan Casas leads the team over the last couple of weeks with a 938 OPS. Uh, They have six guys that are over 800, so both of these offenses are doing pretty well over the last little while. The Rangers just uh, acquired Aroldis Chapman much, much earlier than I expected. Kind of, I don't want to take a whole lot of time on this, but I was a little surprised that all they had to give up was a low-level minor leader and Cole Reagan's. Reagan's was very impressive this spring, came in throwing 99, which nobody saw because he threw a 92-mile-an-hour fastball last year. But for a guy that's had a couple of Tommy John surgeries, who was not ever expected to be like a top-of-the-rotation guy, maybe that's just the price for a rental. But Aroldis Chapman, his numbers right now are almost identical to 2018. In fact, his ERA, 245, is exactly on par with 2018. His strikeout rate, 16.3 strikeouts per nine innings exactly the same as 2018. This is not the guy that we've seen the last couple of years. This is the Aroldis Chapman of old. The Rangers need a bullpen help. They went out and they got it early. And I'm honestly a little surprised that the Royals did it now instead of waiting to see if they could get a better deal in a week or two or three. Yeah, my series of the week, I'll touch on very quickly. We're running a little long on time. Uh, I'm going with the Orioles at the Yankees. Four gamer here. Basically, where we're at, Yankees are, are uh, managing to stay alive without Aaron Judge, who's going to be out for who knows how long. Carlos Rodon, almost back for them. And the Orioles kind of fading a little bit here. But, uh, you know, it's just they're getting they're getting hit with some with some injuries. The offense is not really putting up the same numbers. So uh, I think this will be an interesting series to watch whether we're going to see a, a flip here as the, the Yankees bats heat up uh, despite not having Judge. Looking at the last two weeks OPS, by the way, the leaders on the Yankees, top two OPS for the last two weeks, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa at 1067 and Anthony Volpe at 971. Not at all who I expected. Meanwhile, uh, Giancarlo Stanton is at 471. OPS. That's OPS, not on base for the last couple of weeks. So uh, that's that's been a real struggle. I, I saw a few of his at-bats this weekend. I've never, ever seen him look that lost at the plate. They got to get him back in, in good form. All right, Levites, that time again, we wrap up with the On Deck Arcade. Let's start off where we always start off on a, on a Monday. Uh, the arms race. We both pick one starter every weekend. We put up their starts against each other head-to-head in the game score 2.0. And things have not gone well for me. Uh, I've lost the first seven games of this series, and uh, we're going to keep going here. So I picked uh, Ranger Suarez against the Nationals. I thought about Zach Wheeler against the Nationals. Didn't really matter which way I went. Uh, Suarez, five and a third, seven hits, five runs, three walks, five Ks. Spencer Strider for you against the Marlins, six and two thirds, six hits, two runs, one walk, nine strikeouts. We the polls have not closed. We don't have official game score 2.0 yet. However, because you were better in every single category, 
If you're in line to take your swings against Steven Starter, stay in line. They have to let you take a swing. Again, we're going to not uh, officially close that one, but it uh, looks like we're headed for 0 and 8. So on to better things, uh, sort of. Actually, not this week. Not so great. Homer Chase, uh, we took teammates. I had Freddie Freeman. You took Mookie Betts. Mookie, great week. Unbelievable week. Best OPS in baseball this past week. And uh, he added three homers. And Freddie Freeman added zero. So you have closed the gap there, narrowed it. It's 12 to 10 for me. And uh, let's move on to next week. Who is your pick for this week? We are starting to run into the situation where it's, you, because recent listeners may not know this, we agree that you can only pick one player per team. So I can't pick anybody else on the Braves because I picked Acuna a while ago. And there are a lot of guys on the Braves, uh, Braves that I would like to pick. I'm starting to run out of my superstars here. Fortunately, um, if I wasn't accused enough of being a homer, I'm taking Corey Seager this week. He has been very hot. He's been a great presence at the plate. I'll, I'll take him and hope that he uh, closes the gap for me. And I'm going to go teammate again. Uh, Adolis Garcia, I'm going to go. That's a good one. With Adolis, they go to Boston, to Washington. And uh, the guy, other guy I was considering, just to throw this out there, is a guy you named earlier in the show, Luis Robert, at home against Toronto and St. Louis. So we'll see how this one goes. i got to keep this lead because things are embarrassing in the arms race. I was going to pick him, by the way, but I already did earlier this season, so he's ineligible for me. Mm. Hey, it's time for us to go. Thanks for listening. Thanks to producer Brian for joining us on this holiday weekend. You can find our work all week long at theathletic.com. Subscribe to The Athletic for $1 per month for the first year at theathletic.com slash baseball show during our summer sale. Sign up for The Windup, the Athletic's daily baseball newsletter with Levi and Ken Rosenthal for absolutely free. Coming up next on your feed, Starkville. An always entertaining time with Doug Glanville and Jason Stark. Give us a follow on Twitter. Levi is at 32EFIS and I'm at Stephen J. Nesbitt. The two of us will be back on Thursday with more of What's on Deck. Bye.